A reading from the 8th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with the 40th verse. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed Him, for they were all waiting for Him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged Him to come to His house. For he had an only daughter, about twelve years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years. And though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes. And immediately her hemorrhaging stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched Him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While He was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. When Jesus heard this, He replied, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be saved. When He came to the house, He did not allow anyone to enter with Him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her, but He said, Do not weep. For she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up! Her spirit returned and she got up at once. Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded. But he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Being more bold. What does it mean to be bold in faith? And how does that relate to following Jesus? Yesterday I had a conversation with someone where we noted that Jesus rarely called people to simply believe in Him. Jesus called followers. What would it mean to follow Jesus with a bold faith? To be bold is to show a fearless, daring spirit. Like those people who jump from cliffs into water. It means to feel assured, to be confident. And even more, even more, for us it would mean to show a fearless, daring spirit 
being confident in someone. An impolite, unreserved, bold faith is only possible if our trust and faith are rooted in a confidence in Jesus and who He is. Confidence in ourselves can accomplish some things, but not bold things. A confidence in Jesus Christ would mean being certain of having faith that Jesus will act in a right, a proper, and effective way. It means believing Jesus' words to Jairus are for us as well. Do not fear, only believe things will be okay. Today we've encountered two people who act with bold faith, not because of who they are, but because of what they believed about Jesus. They believed that Jesus was able to meet their needs when others could not that He would respond to them, and that He would do the right thing. That which would measure up against God's will. So first, we have to acknowledge that this story is about Jesus. It's about who He is. About the power of God being present in Him for us. But it's also about the faith of two people who recognized God in Jesus and thereby had the confidence to overcome personal and physical obstacles to reach out for Him. A bold, impolite faith refuses to be held back from Jesus. It refuses to allow prestige to get in the way. It refuses to allow a crowd to get in the way of getting to Him. A bold faith is rooted in who we believe Jesus to be and a willingness to abandon our own pride in John Jairus and this woman at Jesus' feet. In today's story, having a bold faith seems to mean overcoming obstacles, whether they're personal obstacles, religious obstacles, societal or purely physical obstacles. Jairus. I find his story helpful. And this is why. I notice that when the messenger comes from Jairus' house to greet Jesus, or to greet Jairus, and says to him, Your daughter is dead. When that man comes and says to Jairus, Your daughter is dead, Jesus did not freak out. Freak out. That's a, that's a highly technical theological term. It means to react with a complete lack of confidence. Jesus did not do that. And I wonder why the death of a child is such a horrible thing to experience. So far, I have followed Christ into laying to rest four children. I'd like to tell you that that has never affected my faith, but that would just be a lie. It has. This story helps me with that. It has helped me. 
In each case, there was plenty of, why, Lord? Why would this happen? Why would you wait? And I wonder if Jairus didn't look at Jesus and said, Seriously? But I find comfort in Jesus' calmness in this story. And in His statement, Do not fear, only believe. They will be well. Because what I find here is that Jesus views death from a different perspective than we do. For us, death looks permanent. It looks harsh. But for Jesus, death is overcome. And overcomable. And this story was about to be overcome. Death was about to be overthrown. Jesus has authority, we learn. Jesus has authority even over death. In the midst of life, we are in death. I have stood at graveside after graveside and said those words more often than I want to count. They're a reminder that we know Jairus' fear. We're reminded of our own experiences of fear, of pain, of desperation. And in that moment, what we need to hear is what comes after. In the midst of death, we are in life. It's the good news. In the midst of life, we are in death. From whom can we seek help? Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. God who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the Spirit that dwells in you. It's with those words that we lay our loved ones to rest and wait for resurrection. It's with those words that we remind one another that Jesus did not freak out when Jairus' daughter died. Because Jesus has authority over death. That's what we are to learn from that story. That with Jesus, it's never too late. He is the one to whom Jairus comes for help. Jairus had a problem. He had an obstacle. His position as leader of synagogue stood between him and Jesus. I wonder if he had heard from the religious leaders in Jerusalem and their rumblings that anyone who decided they believed Jesus would be kicked out of the church, would be kicked out of the synagogue, would be embarrassed and scorned by their community, how could he, a respected religious leader, how could he come out and bow down before an itinerant preacher, some guy who was just wandering around in the woods preaching? What was required to overcome his obstacles was a response rooted in his confidence in Jesus. Faith bold enough to throw himself at Jesus' feet Someone that he might have looked down upon any other day. Faith enough to humble himself, to risk losing his standing in the community. Faith enough to admit that he needed Christ. Jairus comes and throws himself at Jesus' feet. 
he falls to his knees, abandoning all of his pride, his sense of privilege, his own authority, and he begs Jesus. Did you hear that, dear ones? He begs Jesus to come to his daughter. In the midst of life, Jairus was in death. So he does the only thing that makes sense. He abandons his dignity and his sense of self-respect to plead with Jesus to come and save his daughter. We have been there, dear ones. We have seen the weight of death hang over a loved one and finally resorted to cry out to Christ. We've been to that place where we wonder if there's any hope or if things are only going to get worse. And we move along like dirt clods waited to be broken open until somebody finally says to us, all we can do now is pray. And then we are reminded that we, like Jairus, can run to Christ. Moments like those remind us that we are not in control. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. We, dear ones, can have confidence in Jesus to boldly come before the throne and seek help in our time of need. Like Jairus, we can abandon our pride and humble ourselves before Him because He is good. He will not ridicule us or mock us because He is love. He is life. It takes a bold faith to admit that we are not able and to throw ourselves at His mercy. But doing so is the beginning of drawing closer to Christ. Matthew Hartsfield puts it this way. We think we are in control. We think we can run our lives just fine without any input from God. We don't want to appear desperate or needy in any way. We don't want people to think that we don't have our act together. And we especially don't want to humble ourselves and beg. The most valuable lesson we learn from Jairus is how to be humble. Dear ones, it takes a bold faith to be humble. A bold faith to recognize that Jesus is worthy of being bowed down to. The difference between just being present with Christ and in having faith is being willing to fall at Jesus' feet. It takes a bold faith to be who we are called to be. People who follow Jesus, who sit at His feet and learn life from Him. And what it is to truly have life, and even what it is to die in grace, to die with dignity, knowing that Jesus sees death differently than we do. For many of us, the ultimate moment of bold faith will be letting our breath go. Or standing with a loved one and telling them that it's okay for them to do the same. I told the children about the flower growing in the parking lot over at the Family Life Center. 
It's the most delicate thing you've ever seen. A beautiful little purple flower. It looks like if you touched it, it would just fall into pieces. But it grows in a crack of asphalt. I'm not sure there's a harsher environment around here. It's clinging to life in a tiny little crack with five little shoots of flowers praising God. The flower isn't surviving there because it's determined to make it on its own, is it? Flowers can't be determined. Flowers do what flowers were created to do. They bloom. And they offer themselves to the heavens. The flower is not there because it's determined to live. The flower is surviving there, bringing beauty to the ugliness of that crack. Because that's what it was created to do. We too are created in you in Christ to bring beauty to the dark ugliness and the cracks of the life in this world. To live in the harshness and to bloom in it. To remind others of God's heart and God's love and God's beauty. We can't do that relying on ourselves. We can't do that if we put ourselves first. We can't do that if our life is all about pride and things. We can't do that if it's all about us. But if we live, if we live with a daring, fearless spirit rooted in our confidence in Jesus Christ, knowing that one day He will raise us even from the dead, then we truly can reflect Christ's beauty in this world. Because that's what we were created to do. It requires a bold faith to live out our purpose. A faith rooted in Christ an unassuming faith, an unequivocating faith, a faith that will not bow down to the world, a faith that will acknowledge Christ, acknowledge who He is, even if it means we lose our job at the synagogue, even if it means people laugh at us, even if it might mean we'll be humiliated, if we will step out in boldness in our confidence that Christ will vindicate us and that Christ will raise us up from whatever misery or harshness we face, then we can be like that flower blooming in that crack and bring beauty to this world. I don't know about you, but I believe this world desperately needs some beauty. It needs the beauty of Christ. I see that beauty in Jairus as he falls down before Jesus and begs Him to come to His house. And those folks who say that all we can do now is pray, they're right, dear ones, that's it. But that was all we could do from the beginning, was pray. And it's not just all we do, it's the very best thing we can do. To pray. To be reminded of God's goodness in Christ. To be reminded of His love for us, of His mercy for us. 
so that we can be emboldened to live our faith in beautiful public, to bloom like that flower in whatever harsh place we find ourselves so that others can see the beauty of Christ. May God grant us such a faith so that we might submit to Christ in all things, including those times when we find ourselves living in the crack. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.